Welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. This week, we are joined by Harvey Armstrong, co-founder of Primetime Lager. Primetime Lager is a lower-calorie beer, and they've also launched a caffeine-infused beer. This is a challenger brand for your traditional beer, which is high in calories. A lot of drinks out there have alternatives, for example, your slimline tonic, but for beer, there has never been that alternative. Not only is Primetime low in calories, but it is vegan and gluten-free. In this episode, Harvey shares his journey to primetime, why he started it, what it takes to create a low-calorie beer. So for all you guys out there who work out in the gym, look after yourself, and then worry slightly the next day after having 10 pints, this could be the solution for you. Harvey Armstrong is the co-founder of Primetime Lager, an award-winning low-calorie beer, which is vegan and gluten-free. Harvey is also on the show Made in Chelsea and I'm really looking forward to having him on today to talk all things prime time and beer. So Harvey, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you? I'm good, very well. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. So to start off with, do you mind giving us like a little elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, Harvey Armstrong. I am an entrepreneur slash TV personality, I guess. Can't really claim the personality. I'm on TV. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I've got a beer business called Prime Time which is sort of the world's first caffeine infused low calorie lager. And we also have like a, just a standard low calorie lager. And I'm on a show called Made in Chelsea. So I kind of use two together. I use one to kind of promote the other. And yeah, I based her in London, grew up in Australia. I didn't know the Australia bit. I might actually ask you a bit about that in a minute. But this podcast is all about food. So before we get into all about prime time, I've got a quick fire round, all things to do with food. Okay. So sweet or savoury? Savoury. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Juicy burger. Crisps or popcorn? Popcorn. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And what's your favourite delivery? Ooh, I like a bleaker burger. That's from down here. I haven't heard of it. I think it's just down the road. Really? Yeah. Interesting. But it's one of those that you're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. And then once you eat it, you're like, oh, I feel so bad. Really? (laughs) I don't know why I ate that. I love that. Yeah, Domino's is exactly the same. So I want to ask a little bit about life kind of before prime time, like what were you doing? And then what was that moment where you're like, right, I've seen a gap here. I'm going to create this beer. So I was up at Newcastle University. I did four years there. I did a course called, what was like the Flying Start course. It was business finance and effectively it fast tracked me through accounting qualification. So that brought me down to London. I worked for PwC for about three or four years, qualified there and while I was going through the process, I knew it's what I had to do. It developed a really good foundation just for business understanding, also for where I was going to go next. I was looking into sort of investment banking, private equity, like somewhere in the finance realm that had a bit more excitement, a bit more sort of commercial facing value. But as I was going through for these interviews, I was one point of feedback and they're like, you just doesn't seem like you want to be here kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I want something more exciting. I want something on my own. I want to take my own path. Not that I can't listen to people, but I've got like, I think I'm too creative to be stuck in that kind of financial world. So I love my sports and my fitness and my beer. And I was just drinking beer start to finish on my nights out. Like I wouldn't falter. I wouldn't go on to like the mixes and a sort of gin and tonics or what other people went on to. After like, I don't know what you know about beer or that kind of drinking process, but the majority of boys and girls who do drink beer will have like three or four and then they'll get too bloated. It'll get too heavy and they'll go, right, let's have something lighter, like a mixer or a gin and tonic or something. So I didn't do that, but then I was like finding after 10 pints that like I was so heavy, so like fluffy the next day and 
played rugby. I was into my like aesthetics, like fitness and stuff. There needs to be a solution. And that's kind of where like the seed of prime time began. I actually, the caffeine one came first and it was actually out in Ibiza, like sort of third night on the go. And like the boys were like, come on, like you need to get up for the night. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going outside. And then one of them slid me a coffee. The other one slid me a beer. And I had them both. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like I feel better. I feel like, right now let's go. But I was like, my stomach, like the cough, the creamy coffee and like the fizzy, like refreshing cold beer just didn't work. I was like, why is this not combined? And that's kind of where it started. And then sort of developing a few years, trials and developments. And then the low calorie side of it came in as well to like, I guess, support that whole kind of fitness, like functional side of beer that we were trying to create. And then, yeah, you got prime time. Amazing. I mean, that is really, really great. And a bit about the caffeine. So naturally, does that not give you kind of like the jitters? How would you do that without creating that kind of like, because if you have four or five beers of the caffeine one, for example, Mm -hmm. do you not then get like a bit of the shakes? Again, it goes down to caffeine tolerance. Like if you are very caffeine tolerant, um, you could have more and deal with it. You have to obviously like judge it yourself, but it's not like having a coffee. One, there's only 50 milligrams per bottle. So that's about half a coffee equivalent. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the effect of the alcohol with the caffeine. It's not like a jittery feel. It's kind of like a mellow buzz. And the reason for doing the caffeine one in our kind of development exploration process before we launched it was looking at the popularity of espresso martinis, vodka red bulls, Jaeger bombs, all these alcoholic products on the market. The popularity comes from the energy increase, not the taste. Red bull vodka, yuck. Jaeger bombs. Espresso martini, people throw it in at a point in their drinking occasion when it doesn't really suit. But they do it because it's like after a dinner and they've got, they've gone beer, 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 eating some dinner. I'll get an express martini to finish and then I'll get another beer. It doesn't really fit in there, but they do it mm-hmm. because they want that little buzz that pick me up because they're tired through their drinking occasion. So it's there on the market. We've just sort of done it in the most consumed form of alcohol being lager. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And I want to touch on like the conflict between socializing, having beers with your friends and fitness because girls it's a bit different like you can order like vodka soda lime whatever and it's like fine or generally the drinks that girls would drink obviously you have the beer drinking girls but like generally speaking they would be maybe less calories whereas guys obviously you've got beer and that is more high calorie so is there a conflict that happens in your head and is that something that is a conversation between you guys like do you guys often talk about that as in the calories in beer specifically or just drink Calories and beers. Yeah, this is a common like point of conversation for boys. Like as I said, the standard thing is to go off pints or beer after three or four of them because it just gets too much, gets too heavy, and there will be comments, "Mate, I'm going to have to move on," or "I've got to go to the next thing now." So yeah, especially in my world because all my mates and people I'm with are kind of fitness conscious, health conscious, Mm. so they're a bit more sensitive to it. But it's definitely like a commonly known thing. And back to sort of girls have other options, and they tend to go for like. You call them skinny bitches or like yeah. box soda lines and stuff. But girls, from all the kind of like, I guess, surveying I've done and questions I've asked, girls really do like beer, but through generational marketing and through beer being this heavy kind of high carb, high calorie drink, they've been put off it. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're also trying to kind of solve that problem for them and bring girls back into beer and giving them a more accessible beer that they actually can drink without that kind of guilt. Yeah, that's so true. Because mm-hmm. I think if a girl does order beer, you're like, oh, And like you would naturally make that kind of comment because it is like you said that the marketing for beer is definitely tailored to guys. Mm. So that's a really good point. So going back to the kind of the journey, when you decided to make this beer, how long did it take you to kind of learn how to do it? And how long did it take the whole process? Because obviously not being from the kind of beverage background, obviously that's quite a daunting process. Yeah, 
It took about two and a bit years of trials and developments. We work with breweries, so I'm not the kind of granular like knowledge guy. I understand the brewing process, but we like work with experts in the industry to develop this thing. And each time you brew, the brewing process is like four weeks, time you bottle it. Yeah, we did about six or seven different refinements, like tweaking, renditions. But yeah, it took about two and a half years to find something we were happy with for the caffeine-infused one because we were coming to a lot of issues with like the caffeine making the beer flat, caffeine like settling on the bottom, the taste being slightly off. We didn't want to release anything that wasn't, first and foremost in the beer industry, it has to taste good. Yeah. Because that's what you drink beer for, that experience, that refreshment. So we've gone and done that. We've won awards with taste, in fact. So Amazing. And then everything else is just kind of a bonus. Absolutely. And mm. obviously you probably drank a lot of beer in the process of Yeah, a lot of, of that. research. <laughs> Absolutely. So another thing about these beers are that they are vegan. Mm-hmm. So I've actually had a lady on here who has her own wine brand and we kind of spoke about this because you don't naturally think about veganism with alcohol. So I want to quickly ask, firstly, was it a choice to make it vegan? And secondly, what makes a beer non-vegan? Yeah, it was definitely a choice. So part of prime time is trying to be all inclusive so that it's gluten-free, it's vegan, it's low calorie carb. So we're trying to make it a beer that there's no reason anyone can't have. And again, a level layer in that, we're like, we give back to homeless charities and that's, that's something we support. So we're trying to like be all inclusive and make sure no one's like at rock bottom. Hence prime time is kind of like, Everyone should be in their prime, right? Mm. And what makes beer not vegan normally? So they use a fish filing, basically, Mm. towards the end of the process for, like, clarification. And we basically use an organic filing. That was a question I asked when I started. I was like, what? Why is beer not vegan? Yeah, literally. I was like, fish filing, why do they use that? I know, (laughs) it really is. And, like, this lady was telling me that a lot of wine, for example, is vegan, but it doesn't, like, shout about it on the packaging. Mm. But, yeah, I think it's similar with wine, actually. I think it's filtered with... I don't know. Filtering process. Yeah, yeah. it's filtering process. I think it's quite grim. But yeah, I think it's really great. Obviously, it is vegan and gluten free because I know a lot of beers actually aren't, are they? Yeah, less so gluten free. That's quite like a more niche part. Not most beers, actually. I don't know the stat on it, but I'd say less than half are vegan, but definitely less than like 10% are gluten free. Yeah. And have you found that people are asking, oh, like, is your beer gluten free? Is it vegan? Are you finding that these are important things people are looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Even just talking to the bars that we sell in and um, sort of prospective bars, one of our questions is like, how many people come up and ask for gluten-free beer? And they say, oh yeah, all the time, daily, there's at least a number. Of and then if you are that gluten-free beer in that bar, because a lot still don't offer it on the on-trade in the bars, restaurants, hotels, still are lacking that offering. So it's definitely, it's a huge growth market. Consume gluten-free, and like gluten intolerances are rising and veganism, so. Definitely. Now, a bit about your kind of diet with when it comes to veganism, like, has being aware of vegan made you slightly change your diet at all? Is there anything that you kind of cut back on? Or are you still obviously aware of it, but kind of keep your diet how it is? Um, aware of it more so, and definitely try and implement a few changes. I'm such a meat lover though, so it's really yeah. hard. I've been growing up, like my dad's such a brute Aussie, would eat like steak and pork breakfast. Yeah. And so it's been kind of ingrained in my upbringing. And I yeah. do love it. And it's sort of being in rugby and like sports, it's kind of like meat is like yeah. something you have to have in your diet, like chicken or that. But for example, I've cut out milk, like cow's mm-hmm. milk. So I'm using oat milk or like an alternative. It's because I find the whole sort of psychologically (laughs) where milk comes from and what it actually is. I'm like, nah. Hey guys, if like Harvey, you are also aware on cutting back on a few animal products, especially dairy and milk, then why not check out our breakfast box, which offers you all you need for a delicious plant-based breakfast, including oat milk, coconut yogurt, nut butter and granola, to name just a few of the products inside the box. 
go check it out at www.greedyvegan.uk. I'm not scared of vegan either. No. Like some people are like, there's something on a menu, like I'll give it a go because I'm actually quite okay, intrigued yeah. and quite curious. Like I'd like to kind of bring in a more vegan way of living, to be honest. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is really interesting about upbringing because I think that's why a lot of people kind of eat what they eat because they're kind of used to it and it's mm. part of what they've been brought up on. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of agree with you on dairy. I think once you look into it a bit more, you're like, actually, that doesn't really sound that great. Yeah, I always do wonder who was the first guy who found out. I know. I was like, what was he doing? I know, literally. So you mentioned you brought up in Australia. I feel like Australia, I've been traveling there for a few months and I feel like they've got a real different kind of lifestyle out there. And I feel like beer is a big part of their lifestyle. So do you think maybe deep down a big part of like you starting prime time was kind of your upbringing in Australia at all? Good question. Probably subconsciously, yes. As you say, like there's a huge market there for low calorie beers because they do live a more kind of active, don't know if it's health conscious lifestyle, but more like physical appearance because they've got they live on by the beaches by the coast mm. they've got their tops off more often they're all surfers and like skateboarders that's quite like ingrained in the culture so they're a bit more sensitive to that so yeah potentially i might have seen it i left when i was 13 from australia so i might have kind of or 12 even i've been back since so yeah i definitely saw that there was a market there so i probably did yeah. it wasn't like a conscious choice but no yeah, maybe, maybe like subconsciously mm. that was kind of like there in the background yeah it's quite interesting and do you think one of the aims will be to bring prime time over to Australia in the future? Yes, 100%. We want to go international. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah, for sure. World, world tour. This is our new merch. There we go. Yeah. Worldwide world tour. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So low calorie beer. So what is it that makes, I mean, I don't want you to give away the secret of prime time. Yeah. That would be a bit. But <laughs> what is it that makes beer high in calories? And what have you removed to kind of lessen the calories? So there's two elements that put calories, carbs into beer. It's the alcohol for a start. So ethanol is really high in calories. So if you've got a lower ABV beer, it's by default lower in calories. But that's a bit cheesing. You can't just go, right, 5% beer has 100 calories, therefore a 4% beer has 80 calories, like proportionately reduced. So we use like an enzyme, which basically more efficiently breaks down the starches in the beer. So a normal beer will have residual starches. So you've basically got a load of starch that hasn't been turned into alcohol. And therefore, it sits in the beer not being useful, basically. We use an enzyme that's more efficient with that process, converts more starches down to alcohol, therefore creates a lower calorie, still high strength. And then the kind of trial and error process and the tweaking, and that's kind of where you like add in the hops, the way that you do the process. Again, this is probably a bit above my understanding, but this is what the experts do to actually make that beer nice. So it wasn't just like, right, use that enzyme, but then you got to like tweak and try and balance it with the right hopping and the right kind of processes. So we went through like eight or nine different kind of tweaks until um, we were like, yeah, that's actually fucking good. Why don't other beers do this? Like what is the, might be a silly question, might be because it's just ingrained in their branding and in their processes, but like why wouldn't they, if it makes it lower calorie, like obviously people want to consume things that are better yeah. for them generally. Like what is it, do you think? I think traditionally the beer market is very like, it's well, it's quite traditional. It's stuck in its way. It's not like a modern day industry. It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and they're not quite tapped into the new consumer trends. So they have, yeah. maybe haven't seen that gap in the market. That said, people are now doing it ourselves and other, like some of the big guys. But I guess the pre-notion is that if you lower the calories, it doesn't taste as good. But that's not true because we're beating all the top full calorie beers on taste. And I think it's just they haven't given enough attention to it. 
but that said, yeah, people are starting to. I think also like the consumers aren't when people are drinking, they're like less. It's kind of like their one time to kind of let loose, like、mm. not think too much about their like intake or whatnot. And that's why you've seen that like the food market has massively moved to like low calorie alternatives, vegan alternatives, like better for you choices. And the drinks market's just behind that because it's not really like you eat well at home and then you go out and just get pissed and、yeah. enjoy yourself. But like it's all about marginal gain, isn't it?、Mm-hmm. If you can still get your like benefits out there drinking, and lower your calories, lower your carbs, people are going to do it, and they are starting to turn that way. And you see it through like hard seltzers, which is、yeah. that huge growth market. It's mainly out in America, but stuck. Develop here. The whole premise is that it's just low calorie. Yeah, tastes like shit. Low calorie. Yeah, and people buy into that.、Mm. Definitely, no, it's super interesting. And have you noticed there's a demand for no to low alcohol beer? Is that something you guys are going to look into at all, or is it not really your market? Because as a consumer, I've noticed a huge shift in people accepting the fact that they don't want to drink, or just saying no, I'm not going to have anything today, or wanting. No alcohol. Like I went to an event last week and they were serving no alcohol champagne, and I was like, "What's、oh, going on?"、Man. I know. I was actually gutted.、No、I was like, "I really need a drink to get me through this event." <laughs> and now it's no alcohol. So, do you think there's a demand for that? And would you go into it? Yeah, there's definitely demand for it. It's the biggest growth sector of the market. We are looking to go into it for sure. It follows suit with what we're trying to do as a brand and being sort of more health conscious, better for you, offering. Those alternatives. So yeah, we want to do like the world's first caffeine-infused non-alcoholic beer. So if you're in your non-drinking mode, but you're still trying to keep up with the guys drinking, have fun, maybe、mm. driving home because you're the non-drinker, caffeine-infused beers. Something we're looking into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so interesting. Like before, I did some <coughs> research on you guys. I naturally thought that the caffeine-infused would be no to low because I thought like that was the point. Like you'd have the caffeine to like keep you going, but it wouldn't have any alcohol in it. So yeah, I see that that could definitely work. So I want to now go on to a bit about like kind of like the business you and your co-founder. So how did you guys meet and like where who does what in the business? We had a really funny story actually how we met. So I was up at Newcastle doing my course. Part of that course I worked in London part time. So I was I did one term down in London, two terms up at Newcastle, and I was on the train up from London to Newcastle, and I was walking down to the bar to grab a beer, and I saw Sam. Sam was my co-founder. Sam Holmes his name. Sat. On the train with a, with a case of beer on his lap, we had loads of mutuals and like through Instagram, Facebook, like people posting photos. I like recognised him. I was like, I know, I know you from somewhere. He used to have this long, like shaggy poodle hair, so he was a very like recognisable bloke. And I was like, mate, I know you from somewhere. And then found out who our mutuals were. I was like, oh, it was Harry. It was this guy. It was that guy. I was like, yeah. Anyway, we had a few beers on the train up together. Then we had a night out there in Newcastle, and we like got on like house on fire. And then the next weekend, I was back down in London with work. He was based in London. And、I saw him in Bodo Schloss's club. He used、yeah. to be a promoter and into the club game. And then the third consecutive weekend, we're down at Oxford Brooks. My brother went down there for uni. He has some mates down there, and we bumped into each other again at his house party. And we were like, "This is so weird. Like, I've never met you." And then three weekends running, I've met you, and we just got on like that. And when I started to bed in prime time, he was kind of in the club game. He's such a great guy. Like, he sort of he knows a lot of people, and he was definitely in the right space to come on board. So I brought him on board. You know, in the very early stages, and then we basically asked to go and meet in Chelsea, Buenos Aires, and I wanted to. We went out there together as a pair. Basically, at the time, we hadn't. We didn't have a name. We had an idea. We had a concept. We had a mission. We hadn't really started developing it. We hadn't had a name. It was a bit like very early stages, but we went out there and we were like, "Yeah, we're here, like meeting breweries and 
distributor meetings and all this but it was just like for girls yeah we were like right because we basically chose to do the show to like use it as a kind of marketing tool to mm. expose prime time and get it out there so that was kind of like yeah the beginnings and how sam and i met amazing so it kind of all started over a bit really so it's yeah. kind of ironic no i know that's why i was like you like bit i like bit yeah this is gonna work perfect so, and again he was very into his sports and fitness he did a big kind of body transition through lockdown he was a bit chunky and now he's like slimmed down and one of the reasons we brought the low calorie uh, side to market was that he was like i can't drink anything when i'm out i'm like he was like going kind of like full throttle like body transition and he's like there's nothing i want to have a few beers but i just feel so guilty doing it like we need to find something that means i can and, amazing yeah that's so good and so where is his strength and where are your strengths and how do you guys kind of work together i'm more of a numbers guy mm-hmm. from my accounting background yeah more kind of commercial focused making sure we're not making any stupid decisions. So I kind of keep us on track. Sam's just a man about town. He's just a people's person. He's um, great with brand partnerships, linking people together, activations. He's more like marketing, sales, and I'm more like behind the computer. Then I also get involved in the fun stuff. But yeah, yeah. we work really well. That sounds like a great little duo. Yeah. And how's it been so far? Obviously, you guys have been going, well, you've done a lot of research before, but you've been going a year. So how has the journey been so far? How has it been taken by the market? Like, how has it been? It's been a really fun journey. It's definitely had its highs and lows, yeah. as every entrepreneur will probably tell you, and mm-hmm. business starter. But yeah, it's been great. From day one, we had a great reception. People really like it. We won awards. We were like shocked us because, as I said, we were only going out there to... first box we wanted to tick was a good beer, but we never thought it'd be like award-winning beer. We just yeah. thought, if a car was gluten-free, it's vegan. Like, let's just make it a decent beer, but it's a really good beer. So mm-hmm. seeing that was like great. And yeah, we raised a good amount of investment. We've now building a team around us, which is amazing. Definitely out of my depth every day, which I yeah. like though. Growth is made outside the comfort zone. So yeah, it's been a really fun journey. It's an exciting industry because you get, we go to festivals and cool events. And when we're in our youth still, it's, it's just, it's quite a fun place to be working. Yeah, definitely. And I guess when you're trying to like get people to drink it, your selling points are so intriguing and so great for the consumer that someone will always try it. Like for example, I was talking to my brother before you guys came on and I was like, oh, I've got like primetime guys coming. Have you heard of it? He's like, oh my God, yeah, I love it. And I was like, how have you heard of it? I yeah, didn't even... And he's like, oh yeah, I had it at uni. And he was also at Brooks. So probably maybe through that. But I guess, you know, if you're talking to young guys and you're like, oh, I'll have this low calorie beer, they'll be like, oh yeah, 100%. And it tastes good. It's like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, really, really exciting. So what's next for primetime? Obviously you mentioned kind of like the world tour, like getting it out there, going international, but like what other steps are there? Yeah, well, we still got a lot of the UK to capitalize on. So that's our, that is our primary focus. Mm. But we have interest from Sam's out in Dubai at the moment, meeting distributors out there because mm-hmm. there's interest out there. So we're going to jump on every opportunity we've got. And more so we go by is bite off more than you can chew and just chew the fuck out of it. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and just keep on chewing. So yeah, we have got focuses here in London. There's a huge market to capitalize on. We are growing our on-trade presence. And then we want to get into supermarkets probably early next year. And yeah, just keep growing. We like, we really just want to spread the brand out there because it's a product that does benefit the consumer Mm. and it's better for you. So the more, the quicker we can get it out there, better for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And like, what's kind of been your strategy to grow it? Like, have you obviously mentioned supermarkets next year? So to date, has it been more like events, bars? Like, has that been kind of your first entry point? Yeah, it's been very much kind of not a, well, yeah, just getting the brand out there. It's a really tough industry to break. People aren't going to buy a product unless they've tried it somewhere heard of it and like to get that to beat the big dogs who are already kind of like monopolies in the market we've just been kind of trying to make a splash against festivals doing big activations sampling activities 
Um, and we're now seeing that payoff and now sort of popping up in bars and it's just selling. And sometimes it could just sit there, but people like it. They repeat by it and they've seen it somewhere. And mm. I think through me using the show as well, people know about it. But yeah, that strategy really is to grow our on trade footprint in London. Just signed a national distribution deal. So we really got exposure to the whole UK at the moment, but right. it's baby steps still. We still yeah. want to do one right. That'll take it off. Amazing. Mm. I think it's really interesting with consumers because I know when I do lots of sampling, people are really funny about like food and drink, obviously, because what you consume, like some people will be like, oh, a new beer. Like what's that? I don't know if you've had the same thing when you've done sampling, but maybe veganism and vegan cheeses and stuff are slightly different. But I know when I do, go sampling and do things with people, they're always a bit like, not really sure, really apprehensive. And then when they try it, they love it. Yeah. You kind of notice something similar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with beer, it's, it's probably less like, they're yeah. more, yeah, I love beer. But some people you go, do you want a beer? And they no. And you're like, free beer. You're Fascinating. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's free. Like, just take yeah, it. Yeah, try yeah. it. If you don't like it, just bin it. Like, it's mm. really, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so another kind of thing we do on the podcast is always finish with a similar question. So bringing it back to food now, what would be your last meal? Oh. So is the starter, main course and dessert? Okay. This is really hard and it's a bit of a This isn't going to be great for vegan podcast. Oh my God, my it's answer. fine. I honestly promise you, no one's last meal is vegan because also it's kind of your last meal. So yeah, you want to go, you can do you wanna you go want. in good fashion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mine would be a salt and pepper squid. Nice. Followed by a fillet steak. Good one. Some cream spinach, some mushrooms, some fries, probably chocolate fondant. Yeah. For dessert. Yeah, ice cream. Nice. Mm. And then a prime time beer on the Oh, yeah, prime time beer. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a load of those. Just take the edge off. I love it. Well, Harvey, thanks so much for coming on. It's been super interesting to hear kind of your journey with prime time, how it all started, what you guys do, how it all works. I think it's super cool. And I think especially like this new generation are so going to absolutely love it because it definitely hits that kind of fitness aesthetic. You want to look good, feel good, have a great time. It definitely works. So it's great. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you are intrigued to try a primetime lager, then please check out their website. I will include all the information on the show notes. But apparently they are delicious. So definitely go and check them out. Thanks again and see you next week. Mm-hmm.